Thank you, Matt. Let's bow our heads as we go before our Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this chance uh, to reflect on your word, to, to hear your teachings. And we pray, Lord, that you would enable us as your children uh, to walk as children of the light. Uh, Lord, you truly have the words of eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So did you pick up on the teaching that was hard that I, I mentioned when we were uh, during that confession and absolution time that, that people were actually turning away from Jesus after this point and, and saying, no way. And, and what it was was just this ringing in your ear and maybe for you as a human being, uh, this has kind of just graded with you a little bit also. Flesh and, and blood and, and Jesus, you want us to eat that? Human flesh and blood and yeah, it just doesn't mesh. It doesn't jive with our human understanding. And so people, even with Jesus, even though they saw him do some amazing things, even though they wanted to follow him, they said at that point the teaching was just too hard, it didn't mesh with their human understanding, and they turned their back on him. And, and, and I'm actually reassured by that because we're seeing that same thing happen in today's day and age, and it just reminds me that there's nothing new under the sun. What we are experiencing that's happening in society where people are, are taking God's word and they're saying, yeah, nope, doesn't jive with my way of thinking, I'm not going there. And they're just, they're refusing to follow him. They don't want anything to do with him. Even people who claim to be God followers are, are just saying, nah, not my God, I'm out of here. Jesus knows that. He lived it. He watched it. He seated it when he was walking on earth and he sees it in us as a society today. And then he looks at those that are closest to him. In this case, in the gospel lesson, he looks right at them, 12 of them that had been doing life with him, and he says, do you want to leave also? And Peter, God bless Peter, he goes, Lord, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And it's like this profound moment for Peter. And, and, you, and you hear him saying, Lord, we're going to follow you. We may not understand you. We may not get where you're going or where you're leading us or where you're taking us. But we're going to trust you, right? And, and even if it gets hard, we're going to follow. You have the words of eternal life. And maybe that's why you're here today. You came to this place to, to have just this opportunity to just turn off the world and turn off the noise for just a little bit, to be encouraged in your faith walk, to come here and listen, but not only to come and listen, to come here and pray, to come here and sing praises to God, to come here and confess the fact that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, you need rescue, and that God came for you. And maybe that's why just for an hour or so, you, you just, you're here to be fed and encouraged and nourished by your Lord so that you can go out there because you know as soon as you hit the streets, the world's coming at you, and more importantly, your own sinful nature is coming at you, and it wants to trip you up. It wants to get you to do an alternate way of living. It wants you to do something far from what the Lord has in plan for you. And so what I'm going to do over the course of the next little bit is just reflect on a way of approaching life um, that I think many of us struggle with. So, if you're honest with yourself, has there ever been a time in your life where, where Jesus was your last go-to person? You've, you've got it figured out. You, you, you're like, you know what, I, I can do this. Maybe it was a relationship challenge that you've been experiencing, and you're like, all we got to do is just communicate. We got to work it out, listen to one another, and, and we'll get through this. 
Maybe it was a challenge at work or some task that needs to be done and there's just no easy solution and you're just like banging your head up against a wall and it's just frustrating beyond all means and you're just like, oh, you're, you're at the point of mental exhaustion, if not burnout. Or there's some challenge that you're facing wherever else in society and you're on your knees and, and you're like, where do I go now? And then you turn to the Lord in prayer. He ends up being your last resort. And I'm not saying that as an accusation. I hope you know that I make that same mistake on a regular basis also. I'll give you two examples of that this morning. The first one is this, earlier this past week, I needed to make a decision. It's going to impact my immediate family context. Right. Needed to make a decision about it. So I was doing some research and just trying to do my own homework and, and understanding. And my wife, have you prayed about it? Nope. Great. Thanks for that reminder. I have not prayed. And then I did. And then in peace, I was able to make a decision and move forward in, in an appropriate decision, which I felt was right for me and, and at least the context of my family. But it's hard to ask for help, isn't it? Who, who here, come on, honestly, who, who likes asking for help? <laughs> you don't want to raise your hand? All right, I'll give you another example. I'm in the process of, of building a shed or having a shed in, in my backyard. And I did not want to expend the, the prices of lumber right now. And I, and I figured, let me just get something up so I can get some extra storage. And so I went ahead and purchased one of those plastic ones, right? And then it arrives on this great big freight truck in boxes. Great big boxes there. The, the truck driver pulls up a pallet jack and unloads the truck and brings this thing up to the top of my driveway. I'm like, all right, pretty soon, but I'm not going to be able to get to it today. What am I going to do in the meantime? I need to get this thing into the garage. So here's these great big boxes. You know, it's got the little diagram, two-person lift. Make sure you're using that, right? <clears throat> Is that what I do? No. I'm like, all right, size up the box. So I finally take the top box. It's about 300 pounds, and I put it on the ground so it's something like this, okay? And I'm like, Maybe I can drag this thing into the garage. Now, here's my line of thinking. I want to get this thing protected. Why does a shed need to be protected from the elements if it's not going to stand up? And, but, but I'm there, right? This is going to get into that garage, and I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden, I hear this, would you like any help? And I look up, and I'm expecting to see one of my neighbors because in this community that I live in, there's just a lot of generosity and help, and it's a great place to live. And wouldn't you know, it's Frankenmuth Police Department. <laughs> the guy's in the SUV. He's looking out the driver into the passenger. He's like, do you want any help? And I said, sure. So here comes this 20-something officer, full gear, comes up, and he's merciful to this middle-aged man. Isn't it great that we have merciful police officers, right? So he, he says, I'll take the heavy end. So he's down on the ground, he lifts it up, and we take this 300-pound box and we put it in the garage. And there's a, a longer box that we, we put in the garage. And then he goes to this bigger box and he goes, yeah, this is 100% heavier, this is not happening, buddy. My wife comes out because there's a cop out in the front, right? And she's like... <laughs> 
Uh, and then my daughter's all like, car, great. She's just happy to see the, the, the vehicle. Anyway, she goes, that's all right, we'll just put a tarp over it. And I'm like, oh, man, I could have done that to begin with. <laughs> Work smart, not hard, Sean. How cool was it, though, that this police officer was willing to literally have my back? I mean, he put his back at risk by being one that was willing to take this heavy box because he didn't know if I could handle the weight on my end, but he was willing to put himself in harm's way so that he could help this guy get this box in the garage. He could have very easily, just because of the course of his rounds, looked out of his window and just go, yeah, that guy's going to end up in the ER, right? But he didn't. He stopped and he offered help. Was it because of his oath to protect and to serve? I don't know. Or was it just that he was just a a generous guy and wanted to help? But he was helping. And how cool that was. And, And what does that have to do with anything today in the gospel lesson? You and I make a mess out of our lives on a regular basis. We get in over our heads so fast because we think we have things all figured out. Whether it's relationship challenges or even if we're faced with a temptation to sin, right? We get tripped up by our own temptations to sin on a regular basis. And we fall head first, face first, right into it. We're in it, and we didn't see how it happened, but we're in that sin, and we've messed up. We need somebody that's got our back. And more importantly, somebody that's got our spiritual life and our eternal life. And that's Jesus Christ. And he didn't need to stop. He didn't need to come, but he did. He did, and he's not going anywhere. Folks, what are you going through in your life? Is it challenges? Is it trials? Is it hard? Are you at a point where you've just been grasping at your wit's end because you just, you've been faced with some real difficult stuff and, and you, just, you don't see a way out and, and you're praying, just help me get out of this, Lord, and, and you're clawing at life? And here's God with open arms and an encouragement and an invitation, turn back to me. There's a Casting Crown song that the line in the, gospel, in the chorus goes like this, stop holding on and just be held. And there's some of us in this life with the challenges that we face, rather than just trying to muscle through or clawing that way through, we just need to stop and let God hold us. And you may be saying, Pastor, I have, but those prayers haven't been coming the way that that I need them to be answered. But God is still there. He's still holding on to you. He's still got you. He's not going anywhere. He died for you for that. You see that cross that's behind me, that nice, ornate, lit up, beautiful cross? The cross that Jesus went to is probably a hewed out tree with an axe and an haphazardly posted up on a longer pole, an instrument of torture that Jesus allowed himself to go to. Nails and a spear piercing his side. People calling to him, if you really are God, why don't you hop down off of that cross and show us how powerful you are? And yet God says, I'm not going to show you that kind of power here in this way. Your human understanding does not see what I'm trying to do. And he stayed there. He could have easily not stepped into our mess. He could have easily walked away. 
And he didn't even need to be at the cross to do that. Garden of Gethsemane, that's where he could have acted. He could have said, ah, you know what? The, the epistle lesson, or excuse me, the gospel lesson talked about how um, Jesus knew who was going to betray him. He knew that it was going to be a follower of God that was going to betray him. So in that Garden of Gethsemane, he could have just hid in the trees, and as the crowd come, he could have just disappeared. There were many times in the scriptures where when people tried to seize Jesus and make him do something that they wanted him to do, or throw him off of a cliff, that Jesus is like, no, nah, no thanks, I got this. And he walked away unscathed. But here in this place, the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, I'm going to stay. I'm going to allow myself to get arrested. Why? Because he didn't just come to serve and protect. He came to seek and to save you and me and the entire world. And so I think of those that have been hurting, those that have been traumatized, those that have had faced tragedy, those that are tripped up by sin. And I think about what you're going through because I've been there. And Jesus is speaking right now to you and he's saying, I'm right here with you. I died for you. I raised my life back up for you. I'm walking with you. I will see you through this. And so whether we see him tangibly or not, he's right there with us, encouraging us, inviting us to do life with him, and he will see us through to the other side. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know the hearts and lives of all those that are gathered here. You know the hearts and lives of all those that are watching at home. You know, Lord, that we are not quick to ask for help. Or when we ask for help, we want it on our terms because we don't understand your ways. We don't understand your, your means and your methods. And Lord, we just pray for the ability to, as, as fragile children, to just lean into you, our Lord and Savior. Help us know you're with us every step of the way. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.